Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to Talking Ball, everyone. I am Pat Leonard, the New York Daily News NFL columnist and Giants beat writer. Have a lot to dissect as free agency approaches quarterbacks on my mind this week with Aaron Rodgers flirting with the Jets, Daniel Jones signing his new contract with the Giants, and the Miami Dolphins possibly in search for a new QB1. First, I want to tell you about Bet Bet BetOnline remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from NFL playoffs to pro and college basketball, UFC, MMA, and more. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. With live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. Bet Online is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE. That's all caps B L E A V to receive your rewards. BetOnline.ag where the game starts. And where I want to start is actually just to tell you, you have to get down to spring training if you haven't done the trip yet. I went down to Steinbrenner Field, watched the Yankees and their star up-and-coming prospect, Anthony Volpe, saw four games, three at Steinbrenner Field, one down at the Braves' new ballpark an hour and 20 minutes south in Northport. What a great trip. Yankees were first class in every way. Can't recommend going to Tampa for spring training enough. So feeling a little bit refreshed and came right in on Tuesday, coming back into the New Jersey, New York area to Daniel Jones hours later signing his new contract with the Giants. But before I get to the Daniel Jones contract, I want to talk about a quarterback who's on my mind. And it's not even Jones or Aaron Rodgers. It's Tua Tagovailoa and the Miami Dolphins. Now, right now, Rodgers is on the front burner for good reason. Daniel Jones, of course, too, because he got paid. But the Miami Dolphins are not being talked about enough right now. In my mind, you look at Tua Tagovailoa, his concussions, his other injury history, and the fact that he has one year left, two if they pick up his fifth-year option before early May. But they have one of the best receiving cores in the league. Lamar Jackson is now technically available under the franchise tag, but the non-exclusive tag in Baltimore. He can be had And it's no secret Lamar would love to play in his home state of Florida. Tom Brady, a player who the Dolphins tampered with three straight years in 1920 and 21 when he was on two different teams, the Patriots and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You have Jimmy Garoppolo, a free agent now from the San Francisco 49ers, who Mike McDaniel used to coach, who has played in this system. Yes, he has an injury history. But you also have a guy like Garoppolo who could be a backup plan to the Lamar Jackson, Tom Brady signing if you're going that route and still provide you with a little bit more stability and certainty at a position where Tua Tagovailoa not only has been banged up, but there were questions about whether he would continue playing football coming off the severity of those injuries last season. 
The fact of the matter is this. You don't need a team to tell you they're moving on from a quarterback to know with your own eyes and ears and look at the situation and say, how in your right mind, if you were Steven Ross, the tampering owner who got suspended by the league and fined $1.5 million by the NFL for tampering with the Tom Brady situation year in and year out, how could you be Steven Ross and look at this situation You're already someone who has been trying to turn over every leaf to upgrade a quarterback position after drafting Tagovailoa one pick ahead of Justin Herbert in 2020. And you're telling me that going into this season, coming off a year where where there were questions about whether Tua was even going to continue to play, you're telling me that that franchise is going to stay put at quarterback, in particular in in an offseason where the New York Jets in division maybe landing Aaron Rodgers to go along with Josh Allen and the 13-3 and Buffalo Bills from last year and the New England Patriots, who, regardless of what you think of their team, have the best coach in the history of the sport. I am here to tell you, and I I know there are some insiders led by Josina Anderson at CBS, friend of the podcast, who reported that the Dolphins are exploring all options at quarterback, including going in a different direction than Tua. And I'm here to tell you, I talked to league sources. One source I talked to just before recording this podcast here at the end of this week, telling me that he believes the Dolphins quarterback this season will either be Tom Brady coming out of retirement, Lamar Jackson via trade, or Jimmy G from the Niners. I firmly believe that when I look at this situation, I see the Dolphins' previous actions, I see what they need, and I see what they could become either with a Tom Brady at quarterback throwing accurate quick passes to Jalen Waddell and Tyree Kill, or what they could become with Lamar Jackson at quarterback, as one person in the league told me, that could immediately be one of the fastest NFL offenses ever. With Lamar Jackson at quarterback, Hill and Waddell at receiver, not to mention some other weapons on the team that probably aren't even on the roster yet. You look at that situation, and as this source said to me, how would you defend that? If you were a defense in the AFC East or in the NFL, not to mention you're struggling enough then with defending the wide receivers and the passing game. How do you account for Lamar Jackson's running ability in the box when you have Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill going out there? I think all of these teams saying out loud, they're not interested in Lamar Jackson is BS. I think that it is evidence that without an agent, they have no fear of reprisal of talking poorly or negatively about a player. I think they are distancing themselves from Lamar Jackson because the NFL owners don't want to continue guaranteeing contracts the way the Browns did for Deshaun Watson. They don't want the Watson contract to become a precedent. This is an open secret in the NFL. The owners are fighting tooth and nail to try to make sure that quarterbacks don't use the Watson contract in order to then get fully guaranteed deals that keep going higher and higher. They don't want fully guaranteed contracts to become the norm. They want to look 10 years down the road and look back at Watson and have everybody look at it, point at it, and shake their heads and say, how did that ever happen? So kudos to Jackson, frankly, for standing his ground. And let's just face it, if you're the Atlanta Falcons and you're going to sit there and court Deshaun Watson, given all of the things that he's done off the field and that have been alleged with Watson during his courtship that ends up with him going to Cleveland. And then you're going to come out and tell me and tell the world you're not interested in Lamar Jackson. 
Give me a break. So speaking of quarterbacks, let's move over to Aaron Rodgers. A lot has been said about Aaron Rodgers. Who knows? By the time you hear this podcast, we you know nobody knows his timeline but him. He might have already made his decision. But one thing I think is important to point out during this that I'm not sure is being talked about enough is, can Aaron Rodgers handle New York? Can he handle the media and the spotlight? Not of the New York media per se. I don't think the New York media is necessarily harder on people than other markets. I think the Philadelphia NFL market, for example, is much more is much harder on their team and, and athletes than the media in New York, frankly. But when you play in New York, the spotlight is greater. The national spotlight on what you say and do is greater. It gets picked up quicker sometimes because you did something or said something in New York rather than doing or saying something somewhere else. Also, it often is dependent on how the individual experiences that pressure. In other words, if someone has thick skin, the New York spotlight, they might get to New York, embrace it, and feel like they belong, and it doesn't become too big. And they don't think of it that way. And even if they are in the news for the wrong reasons, they don't feel the weight of the world on their shoulders. But there are some people who experience the spotlight of New York, and it's in the back of their minds that everything's bigger, this means more, and they struggle with it. Granted, Aaron Rodgers has been in the national spotlight plenty now. He's one of the best players in the NFL. He's won MVPs. He's won a Super Bowl. He puts himself out there now more than ever as well. He does his weekly spot on Pat McAfee's show, which frankly, I wouldn't be surprised if Rodgers announces his intention of what he wants to do uh, coming down the pike on that show. That wouldn't shock me either. But if we know anything about Rodgers, it's that he does listen to and read everything and does seem sensitive to criticism of, of him. And I wonder, I even look at this situation right now at how much has been reported by national reporters about Aaron Rodgers, but not much locally. And there hasn't been much criticism of what could go wrong here as much as just excitement of what could go right. There should be excitement about Aaron Rodgers coming to New York if he, if he gets traded to the Jets and agrees to that. There's no question about it. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. But I'm here just sitting here right now and telling you, when it was Derek Carr and Aaron Rodgers seemingly the two top options for the Jets, I looked at both of them and said, who's to say either of these guys would really be able to take the day in and day out, week in, week out, back page beating or back page presence and constant talk radio uh, rehash of mistakes and losses, whatever it is. Is Aaron Rodgers equipped to do that? And why aren't we hearing more talk about what seems to me like an obvious potential powder keg if he were to play here? If he plays in New York, I will look forward to it as much as every, anyone. I will be excited for the Jets to have gotten him. And I think I reported this on Twitter. 
talked to people in the league at the NFL Combine who told me back then they thought Rodgers would end up on the Jets, but they didn't want him to because, frankly, they see an extremely dangerous Jets team. The defense is what it is. It's one of the best in the league in a lot of coaches and GMs' opinions. And all they need really is a capable quarterback. But you add a great quarterback, even as old as Rodgers is, you add a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers to that offense with that defense, with Robert Sala and the draft class from last year that Joe Douglas assembled, and now with another draft class to come to supplement that roster, you're talking about what most people in the league consider an immediate serious contender. So the rest of the NFL doesn't want it to happen. That should embolden Woody Johnson and the Jets even further to make it happen. I'm just saying I want it on the record right now. I question how well Rodgers would handle New York if things go poorly. Now that said, let's get to the Giants quarterback, and that's Daniel Jones. First of all, it'd be tough on the Giants if they sign Daniel Jones to what the full deal looks like is $40 million a year. And then a few days later or a week later, the Jets get Aaron Rodgers. That could be a, that could be a tough thing to take over this offseason. And, you know, you might get not get as many back pages as you were expecting come the fall. That's for sure uh, with the New York tabloids here. But I think that the Daniel Jones and the Giants both did well here, though I talked to a lot of sources in the league who I trust on the salary cap and on structures and on team team operations, frankly. And around the NFL, this is viewed as a team-friendly contract where the Giants did well and Jones's new agents could have done much better. The reason being that Jones's four-year $160 million deal is really only, when you look at it, a three-year $112.5 million deal. So instead of averaging $40 million in real money, He's really averaging 37 and a half over three years. Why is that important? It's important because that's really what the Giants were looking to pay Daniel Jones all along, was about the amount that it would cost him if you franchise tagged him twice in consecutive seasons. Now, the Giants gave in to Daniel Jones, and where Daniel Jones won here is he got million guaranteed the first two years, plus there are incentives in the contract that can make it go higher. So his first two years, he is averaging at minimum $41 million a year in his pocket. Great for him, great for the player, great for his future generations, setting up his family, all that. Congratulations to Daniel Jones. He earned it with a great season. But by using the franchise tag deadline, which isn't a, shouldn't be a deadline for a player to get a contract done, by treating that like a deadline and by eyeing $40 million as the priority here, where Daniel Jones and his agents ended up getting this deal done to reach that number, they did not force the Giants to tra- franchise tag him, which means that he has still has three potential franchise tags coming down the road in his career instead of two. Because you could have forced the Giants to tag you and then the next day agreed to a contract. You could have further used that as leverage. You could have really tied the Giants' hands because Joe Shane, as he revealed after the fact, his worst case scenario was tagging Jones. Because as much as he had that as leverage in the negotiations, you could tell, and he admitted after the fact, the GM, above all, did not want to tie 
his hands behind his back in free agency by committing $32.5 million against the salary cap as long as Jones was under the tag as a quarterback of his team. So these negotiations, did Daniel Jones get paid? Yes. Um, He got money over these first two years. Good for him. Did he, another thing he gained is that the Giants were looking, I think, more at a five-year deal, a longer term. Usually if you give a player the money he wants, you take a longer term and you kind of get that back as the team. It enables you to spread the money out and it also gives you longer control. Interestingly here, in a, in favor of Jones, because it's only a four-year deal, he can get back to the table after two or at latest after the third season. So in other words, if Jones plays well in these first two years of this contract, he can get back to the table and renegotiate a third contract pretty quickly and get paid again. That is the best case scenario for Daniel Jones and for the Giants right there. That's the best case scenario. But the Giants win because they didn't commit long-term to Daniel Jones with this contract, even though that's what it looks like. It's not a four-year, $160 million deal. It is two years of $82 million that the Giants can then get out of after that second year if Jones doesn't play well. So yes, they're giving him more money in those first two years than they would like to on average. But overall, they're preserving the ability, and this is real. The Giants with this contract did not rule themselves out of drafting a quarterback in 2024. Because think about it. If you only really tied yourself to Daniel Jones for two years, this year he's your quarterback, next year he's your quarterback. But if this year goes terribly, next year you could end up with a high pick picking a quarterback with Jones on the hook only for one more season before you then groom your pick, cut bait, and now you're on your way with a young quarterback on a rookie contract. So the fact of the matter is Joe Shane and the Giants should be applauded for the deal they did here in balancing out, rewarding Jones. And yes, they're paying him more than what a lot of people in the league think Daniel Jones is worth at $40 million a year on average. But like I said, they're really only paying him $37.5 a, a year. They're preserving the ability to get out of it quickly. And ultimately, it guards against an overcommitment to this player, but still rewards good play by a team leader who put his head down and worked and did hold the Giants' feet to the fire here, but could have held his, their feet to the fire more and probably in the minds of a lot of people around the league gotten an even better contract if this franchise tag deadline hadn't been treated like a deadline for him as well as the team. Now, a few pieces of information, some scuttlebutt about the Giants approaching the free agency uh, opening and the tampering period here before we get out. Just a quick podcast here to talk some QBs and some offseason rumors. But um, I have heard there's optimism the Giants will get Julian Love done at safety. We will see if that comes to pass. That's what I'm hearing. Darius Slayton, the Giants expect to be pricey in free agency. So it seems likely he will be signing elsewhere if his market is as high as the Giants expect it to be. I do think Richie James could go either way, like the Giants like him, other teams like him. He has a market, certainly more of a market than he did last year. Um, you know, He really impressed the Giants and also had great chemistry with Daniel Jones and in this offense. So that's something I think should not be overlooked, but will depend on the price. I have heard that 
There could be some eyes that the Giants have for Cole Beasley in free agency. He's somebody that they nearly signed last year, and they probably would have if they had any money at all. So look for that as a possibility. I'm hearing the Giants are poking around the veteran wide receiver trade market. That's still developing, but we know Allen Robinson of the Rams can be had. Uh, Gabe Davis of the Bills is a player that um, Joe Shane and Dable know well. Shane helped draft in Buffalo. Um, They know what he can do. He knows the system. His best game as a pro, four touchdowns over 200 yards in the playoffs was Dable, was his OC against the Kansas City Chiefs a couple years ago. And um, it, that will probably de- depend on, and there, you know, some of these situations obviously depend on what happens with the previous team. So in Buffalo, Stefan Diggs already being paid, um, you know, is a team going to pay two wide receivers? So if an extension happens for Gabe Davis there where he is valued, then obviously that doesn't come to pass. If an extension doesn't happen, he's going into his final year. Trades could happen. That's where those things happen. You know, guys going into their final year of their deals. Also with a young 23, 24-year-old receivers like that, um, you remember Jerry Judy of the Broncos was a player last fall that Joe Shane and the Giants were aggressively pursuing up to the trade deadline until the Denver Broncos uh, eventually informed teams that he was not available. And um, Judy also in that same vein, young, proven production, room to grow. If you can get him on in a trade on a contract and get him under control for several more years, a player who could grow with your quarterback, with your offense, with your team. Just some examples of, of players to look out for. DeAndre Hopkins obviously is the big fish right now, uh, but you know, um, in his 30s, has had recent injuries. Of course, a great, phenomenal player, but could be pretty pricey getting him out of Arizona. You know, when you think of the trade price plus his high salary, uh, that would seem to be a tricky one and go against the grain for what Joe Shane is known for doing and normally doing. Um, But, you know, never say never. I did make some calls on that recently and was not told that anything is imminent or happening there. Uh, But sounds like a lot of things with Hopkins are under wraps at the moment. Uh, So people are not talking much as we near uh, free agency and we see where that goes. So those are some of the things I'm hearing. You know, I think leaders like John Feliciano and Jihad Ward on the offensive and defensive side of the ball, I think you should look for players like that to get done and return to the Giants as long as they can come to an agreement on a number. Joe Shane made no secret that uh, he values those players and doesn't want to see too much leadership leave the locker room. He said that at the NFL Combine. Um, And Dexter Lawrence, Joe Shane already in contact with his agent, and they are already laying the groundwork for what is expected to be a long-term extension for one of the team's best players. So a lot of information for you here coming at you, coming out of the NFL Combine and after a quick stop down in spring training. Uh, So a lot going on with the Giants, a lot going on in the NFL. Uh, Stay right here uh, next week, early next week on Talking Ball with Pat Leonard at the Believe Network. We will bring you the latest. We will we will bring you more guests coming down the road, and obviously a lot coming out from me on Instagram and TikTok at PL on NFL on Twitter at P Leonard NYDN and on the New York Daily News website and as well on as on YouTube at PL on NFL. Please continue to subscribe, rate, review wherever you get your podcasts on my YouTube page. And if you didn't already, check out my last podcast where I talked to Greg Cosell. 
even though that podcast was recorded for Combine Week, it is a little bit timeless right now and still current in the sense that we talk a lot about draft prospects and skill sets, especially of the wide receivers and some of the quarterbacks coming out in this year's draft. So I think you'll really enjoy that. But for now, I'm Pat Leonard. As always, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you later on Talking Ball. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.